behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And it is episode 42. Casey, what do you have for us today in terms of a rhyme? 42? Episode 42, what the F are you going to do in the times of crisis that we're living in right now? Hopefully you're quarantining. Hopefully you're staying home, protecting yourself and others. So 42, what are you going to do? And hopefully you're not feeling blue because we're really into you tuning in to us. And I'll keep this rhyme going for life all day long yeah okay (laughs) so anyways today is an exciting day we have a really cool episode yes even though the world is stopped and we are fully aware and we are stopping if you listen to us right now and you are not stopped and quarantining yourself in your home please stop this is a public service announcement for anyone listening and if you are someone in prime health this is not for you it is for the others around you there are people who do not have immune systems and who are older who this is a high danger risk for if we could just all engage in this antecedent intervention before someone actually needs to come in contact with the contingency of getting it we could flatten the curve hashtag flatten the curve sorry but anyways so today is going to be a Great episode, and we're super excited. But before we get started, you know we like to pair ourselves with some reinforcement. So Casey has the review of the day. Please, dun, Casey. Dun, done. All right. Hit us up. Or do, guys. Reviews, we eat that up. It is our positive reinforcement to continue going. Um, so this was a five-star one. And by, by the way, sorry to cut you off. You know I love doing that. Yeah, I know. If you have not left us a five-star review... What better do you have to do now that you are in quarantine than to leave us a five-star review? I mean, this is a great replacement behavior for you going out to public places. So go leave us a five-star review on the Apple podcast app, please. Also, guys, I just want to like bring it back full circle. I will let you guys, it's a warning, ready? Warning. Liat is on like level 17,000 today. We just taught a class and she was like on fire. So I'm really excited that her energy is going to be here today for all of you guys. She said, they need the energy. I'm like, I know, but like, woohoo. Yeah. Listen. I love it, girl. I love it. I'm bringing it. Bring it. All right. So the review today that we're going to bring you is from Ronikins2131. I am obsessed with the BX bitches. Oh, I like, we should use that more. I love how real and raw they are. And then they teach how conceptually systematic life is by applying the field to real life. I totally have girl crushes on y'all and want to be y'all when I grow up. And after I pass the test this summer, I've listened to several podcasts, but the SM with Steve, Steve Kurtz, love him. is probably my favorite by far. Hashtag love you mean it. Hashtag love you mean it. And thank you for that review. And Steve Kurtz is a honorary behavior bitch. He is Dr. Steve Kurtz. Listen to that episode. It's amazing. He is just one of a kind. But thank you so much for that review. And I love to be someone's girl crush. That's like been my goal my entire life. So that and to have French Bulldogs. So I've really just (laughs) reached my peak. I got a girl crush. Hate to admit it, but. All right. Today, we are so excited to talk about today's guest, Daniel Gartenberg. He has dedicated his life to helping people sleep better. Well, we all need that right now. 
Dan has a PhD in human factors and applied cognition from George Mason University and is an adjunct assistant professor at Penn State University. Hashtag that's hot. Hashtag that's hot. Keep going. He has conducted grant-funded research from the National Science Foundation and the National Institute of Aging to develop sound environments that can diagnose and treat sleep disorders, improve sleep quality, and optimize daytime alertness. He has also developed several mobile sleep apps, such as a Sonic Sleep Coach, which provides personalized sleep feedback and sounds that are designed to modulate sleep quality. His current research is focused upon accurately tracking sleep quality through wearable technology. Ooh, sexy. But he doesn't just want to measure it. He wants to make it better, baby. Dan is particularly interested in using technology to enhance slow wave sleep, also known as deep sleep, by manipulating, oh, these are like variables, temperature, light, and sound. He delivered an amazing TED Talk that explains how stimulating deep sleep can help us learn and consolidate memories, regenerate our tissues. Hmm, we're using a lot of tissues now in Corona and generally make <laughs> us healthier and more productive. Without further ado, Liat, give the second introduction to Dan. I'll introduce Dan. Hi, Dan. Welcome. Thank I'll you add. so much for having the great introduction. Wow. Wow, and I'll give. I'm, I'm going to add to it, guys. Dan, I actually, I don't even know how long it was for. Like, I feel like I actually have dementia. Dan and I dated briefly in DC. I thought it was dating. I don't know what you did. I don't know what these. It was like these, in between, like it was courtship. Yeah. Oh, is courtship like marriage? Is that courting? No, that's cute that you were, were taking courting. her on a date. We're courting. Guys, is this yeah. a multiple, hashtag multiple relationship going on here? Oh my God. <laughs> no, I actually reached out to him. I saw him on LinkedIn and I was like, oh my God, yeah. And then I still had his number in my phone and I was like, I'm going to reach back out to the ex because what better is there to do during quarantine? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was, <laughs> guys, well, just trying to bring some light. thank you for reaching light. out. Yeah. Um, Dan is back. I, that year in DC, I was in DC for a year. That was the best year of my life. Not because I was dating Dan, no offense, loved you too, but it was just like fun living in an English basement with my BFF, Bella. I don't know if you remember her. I do. She's super cute. She's still in DC. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. I think you're blushing, Leah. You and Dan are both blushing. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, this is we are awkward. excited because I think in times like this, crisis that we are in currently um sleep is super important and a thing that a lot of people are not getting but um i'll let liat go over the you know behavioral concepts and objectively operationally defining sleep which we always do in the beginning of our episodes and because you know we gotta operationally define that behavior right we need to know what it is specifically we're talking about for example it's so important to operationally define because Dan said courtship to me, that means marriage to him. It means something else. So we need to operationally define every behavior we talk about. All right. Because I had no awareness we were married before. All right. So behavioral concepts we're going to talk about. We'll talk about data, the importance of data, duh, negative reinforcement, manipulating the environment, antecedent intervention, stimulus control, which he dropped that word the other day. And I like started blushing and stimulus discrimination. And before we get into anything, I'm going to give you the operational definition of sleep. This is a condition, and Dan might disagree, and this is legit, literally just from Google. We did not go too deep to find the description, but we're going to leave all that technological stuff to Dan. But the operational definition of sleep is a condition of body and mind such at which typically 
recurs for several hours every night. I don't know if that's typically true for everyone, but we'll ask Dan, in which the nervous system is relatively inactive. The eyes close, the postural muscles relax, and conscientious, practically, con- oh, consciousness. <laughs> so <Selene. Practic- laughs> oh. I'm just so nervous in front of him. I know, Practic- I can tell. Practically suspended. That is what it says, okay? Is this, is this right, Dan? Sure, somewhat, yeah. Okay, what would you say sleep is? I mean, it's something we're still really trying to understand. It's a really complicated process. They say they do it for lot. La- we sleep for lots of reasons. You know, reptiles sleep differently than humans, and people sleep differently from each other. A lot of people know that they're, you know, Europeans say there's four sleep stages. Um, sorry, Europeans say that there's five sleep stages. Americans say that there's four sleep stages. Some people now say that there's 19 sleep stages. So what all this points to is that it's just a really complicated, one of those last frontiers of science kind of things that is really still exciting to keep exploring. So I have a question for you, Dan. Before we get into all our other questions we have. Do you miss me? That was good. (laughs) <laughs> Dan, you don't have to answer that. How did you get into studying sleep? I know you have. Guys, it was literally like six years ago. Chill out, everyone. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, it's good. But how did you even get into studying sleep, and why? Um, really, you know, I was from a family of healthcare professionals. Like my dad was a doctor, my mom was a nurse. Typical situation. And uh, my grandma is a psychologist and so on. And there's just a lot of problems with the healthcare system that came to the forefront in the 90s. And I grew up hearing my dad always say, you know, he wished he wasn't a doctor. And I, I saw him transform when he started making uh, cancer drugs and he stopped his private practice, just the stress of it and everything. And I always just felt that there were some real systematic problems with the healthcare system. And I saw sleep as the human behavior that we do the most of. And once you start touching on it, you see it literally relates to every chronic health disease. Um, it touches on, you know, all aspects of well-being. I think it's more of a pillar to health than diet and exercise because it directly impacts your exercise performance and your likelihood of snacking on fatty foods and so on. And so, you know, I ended up really diving into it in my undergrad and I I made one of the first sleep apps at the time and then it realized how much I needed to know and ended up uh, getting a PhD in psychology to try to figure it all out. So I did watch your TED Talk, which we will put in the show notes, um, and it was amazing to listen to what you've developed, you know, but also like, and we'll get into this more, I know, but I get so excited about like, you talked about the different stages of sleep. So can you talk to us about those stages of sleep? Sure. So one of the main reasons why people say that we sleep in the scientific literature is actually something called the synaptic homeostasis hypothesis, uh, which is sort yes, of a yes, no, so smart. Yes, obviously. Definitely. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw that um, movement, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Duh. So um, 
you know, like organisms sleep usually to like, you know, preserve energy so they can get other organisms during the daytime, you know, and have the energy to, to, to eat them and whatnot. There's a few reasons why organisms sleep, but the reason why humans sleep is something called the synaptic homeostasis hypothesis. And what that basically has to do with is your ability to process information throughout the day, which is what makes humans so good at being human. You know, um, we make sense of everything in our environment. And what we're doing in sleep is we're really processing what's going on during the day um, so we can learn from it, change and improve our behaviors. That's why it's at such the root of all of this behavior change stuff that I'm so interested in. Um, so are we, Dan. I wish we knew we had this in common back then. I wish we knew I we know. had all the behaviors like, in common. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. I think I had just started studying ABA, by the way, when I was in D.C. I had just like got into my ABA coursework because I had just left my job as a teacher and yeah. started pursuing it. So I was just huh. starting all this. But now here I am. Guys, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So for Liat, maybe it was just a maybe season he got me into behavior for a reason. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, I think now that now that I hear back oh, that his dad was like creating these cancer drugs. Side note. Sorry for the distraction. Um, I'm like, that's probably why I was dating him. That was so cool that his dad did that. You know, I always try like link on to people who have dads who are doctors no, with honest, my lupus. <laughs> honestly, like, oh, oh, it was a selfish read. I see. I see. I didn't. Yeah, she's very selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I tried making myself date my best friend in college, John, who was going to go. Oh, he was like a triple major in college. He was going to go do rheumatology. And I was like. Fuck yes. And his mom's an infectious disease doctor. So obviously I have a thing for oh, parents who are infectious disease doctors. Yeah. And we tried. And the day that we dated, I was like, I would like, I refused to like go to like the socials and stuff because I like didn't want to see him. I was like, so like repulsed at looking at him as anything else but a friend. We're like, we'll try dating. And it didn't mm. work out. So you can't, you can't force can't that. Force but that. I'm, yeah. yeah, keep going. You're doing wonderful. <laughs> He's where like, where, where we, were we? <laughs> no, no, no. So, 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 so basically the mechanism that they talk about is during the day, you have all these excitatory connections that get formed. Mm -hmm. So overall your brain is like charged up. It's at a higher level. And then during the first phase of the night, you get um, more of this deep sleep brainwave activity. And usually called delta waves? Delta, also known as slow waves, also known as delta waves. Okay. I just feel smart. <laughs> um, Sorry, guys. So basically, you go, light, you go light sleep, deep sleep, light sleep, REM, light sleep, deep sleep, light sleep, REM, and you gradually get less deep sleep and you get more REM as the night goes on. That's the general pattern. And what and is REM? REM is when you're hardcore dreaming, like okay. you know, rapid eye movement. Um, so your whole body is literally paralyzed and your eyes are shooting around. And when you see it on a EEG, it's actually like sort of wild, like you see your brain shift in this like totally different brain state, which is very much like waking brain state actually. It's cause like you remember your dreams cause your brain is, you know, processing that information. And so basically in deep sleep, you downregulate everything mm -hmm. such that the relevant things to your survival rise to the top. Um, and so, and then, you know, things like, you know, where, where does, where, where's the food or the predators over, over here? Like, this is the evolutionary biology reason for it. That information is more valuable. So in deep sleep, we prune it 
we downregulate it such that that rises to the top. And then in REM, our brain shifts into more consciousness, more conscious-like state, mm -hmm. and we process that relevant information such that we can bring it on to the next day and improve our performance the next day. So this I've always like this evolutionary thing is phylogeny, if I'm correct. Phylogenic, right? yes. It's like you're born with saying, this, like survival. You know, yeah. do I say the word right, Dan? I'm not 100%. I think so. Phylogeny, yeah, of course yeah. you do. But my thing is I've always heard, I've only ever heard of that REM, right? REM sleep is the best sleep. So the way that um, most, and there is debate about this in the field, but like most people, including uh, my mentor, ascribes to the idea that both REM and deep sleep are good. Both are good. And you know, I loved what you said in REM, right? You, you said, this is when you're kind of like dreaming and you remember all these things. Like I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I even wake up in the middle of the night, like jumping out of bed because of some kind of nightmare or dream or whatever it was. And, but I can wake up the next morning and remember all that stuff. So like, is my brain really shutting off during REM or is it more shutting off during that deep sleep when you don't remember? Yeah. Deep sleep is when it's like, I mean, it matters how you define shut off, I guess. I mean, both are important. Deep sleep is like if you wake up for that early flight and you're like really disheveled for a second, you're like, where am I even? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like whose bed am I in? Who did I sleep with last night kind of thing? It, not what I was thinking exactly, <laughs> no, but something like that maybe. But um, no. Uh, We're just funny over here at the bit, the bitches. So. I, I, I we like to take really smart people and like lighten them up a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but uh, wait, what was the question? <laughs> so I was saying that the REM versus the deep sleep, right? So in, in REM, R-E-M, and you remember things and you like, you know, wake up and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my God, that dream you're was really, crazy. You're, you're really not consciously aware that much in deep sleep. Like your brain functions in a very different way. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you'll really remember. But, so your brain shifts um, to basically these long burst brave wavelengths called delta waves which is an even deeper state than like the theta waves that you experience in meditation. Um, so it's something a little bit foreign to conscious awareness usually. So cool. Amazing. So right now with what is going on in the world and all the craziness, I mean, I know on a personal level, my sleep has been affected. You know, like I'm going, uh, you know, with this whole virus thing, you know, being shifted from your norm, you know, engaging in the regular activities that you typically engage in, whether, you know, you're having less activity or more activity or feeling or like you're, you're overstimulated uh, by the news or yeah. something of this sense. I'm sleep, I would imagine, as always, is really important, but ex especially right now. Are you, do you have anything to say about this? I have Dan a lot. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm also dealing with some personal issues with like a 97 year old grandma who's like really susceptible to this right now. She just broke her hip and we're like trying to figure out how to navigate, making sure she doesn't get this thing because that's, she would be done if she got this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been, you know, in the last three days, hardcore researching this very question asking my network, asking um, Orfeo Buxton, the professor I work with, and Dr. Daniel Taylor, the um, cognitive behavioral therapist that I collaborate with, um, about what they think 
how sleep relates to this. And, you know, I, we've known as, as in science since for 2,500 years, basically, since Hippocrates, Hippocrates, or how do you, I, I always Hippocrates. read it. Hippocrates. Hippocrates. That's how I am with phylogeny. I'm trying to sound smart. I'm trying to sound smart. Hippocrates. You do sound smart. Thank you. Um, you could just say that one thing you said earlier. It sounded really smart. Didn't have to come say that about. But yeah. um, I'm going to drop that. But um, you know, he identified way back when how sleep impacts your immunity, and so you know, we all sort of have this intuition that we need to sleep when we're sick. Um, but really, it's actually only been formally studied like the mechanisms the last like 30 years. And basically what they show is that sleep directly impacts these proteins um, called uh, cytokines that basically are how cells talk to one another, um, how these helper T cells communicate to produce antibodies mm -hmm. to fight disease. And they've run these recent studies showing that when you're sleep, when you're a short sleeper, when you're sleeping four hours or less a night, you're literally four times more likely to catch the common cold. Wow. And um, you know, as as you're, you're probably aware to some of like the chronic health. I mean, this when when you're when you're uh, when this system is like chronically activated it forms like inflammation and Are that's you talking about me that I'm very private about that I don't let anyone on the podcast know oh I, I, <laughs> no I'm just kidding I'm kidding I'm everyone kidding. fucking knows yeah. her story I'm pretty sure that I, I you're an open book in that front yeah no yeah. I'm joking but what you're saying is so true like you know, you always hear sleep is so important. And then until I got lupus, I didn't realize how important it was because I always say like me getting sleep is literally the difference of whether I could dress myself the next day or not. Like my body wow. or I could go to bed in like agony. Like I like literally can't like lift my shirt over my head if I haven't slept because my like my body is in so much pain or like I could sleep and wake up a new person. I've seen and I'm her just, guys and as, as like permanent product or as like what I've seen as her partner and you know, multiple different avenues that we work together is that when she is overstimulated and doesn't sleep, right? Say she's up really mm. late and, you know, we're texting late at night about ideas. Um, the next morning, it's like, I can tell the difference versus if she goes to bed and sleeps full eight hours. And then oh, she's yeah. like, or she'll be like this morning, she said to me, I need 30 more minutes. And then she was on fire today. <laughs> That's also yeah, slightly, yeah. there's other, there's yeah. other confounding variables like Adderall, but like, <laughs> keep that out. <laughs> But but yeah, so it is so important. Like, I mean, I, I love these cells that you're talking about. That's what you're talking about with like tissue repair, right? Um, or is that different? I mean, that's a little, I mean, so in case you thought it was Kleenex. So deep. <laughs> I didn't. I was just kidding. <laughs> Not clean. No. So deep sleep does do um, cell recovery and it's thought to help produce these cytokines. Yeah. Um, which helps your immune system. And they've done these like crazy studies on like rats where they're like sleep deprived, the rats, and eventually organisms die when you mm. sleep deprive them enough. Um, there's, a, there's actually a weird sleep disorder that people are, some, that are born with where they can't sleep and like these people like eventually die. Um, but uh, yeah, they do these studies on mice and they, when they sleep deprived and the mice eventually die, 
and it's thought almost all to be due to failures in their immune system. So there's a really strong causal link between sleep and immunity. So you're working with your grandma right now to figure out how to get her to engage in more sleeping behaviors? I mean, I'm always trying to, I got her, well, here's the, this is the hard part about dealing with older people, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this, but it's hard to get a 97 year old to change her behaviors. Oh, really? Because there's not, there's a long history of reinforcement. Whoa. (laughs) Dan, if you want, since we dated, you could hire me for a cheaper price. I will. I'm willing to come do a behavioral intervention. Or maybe we could could barter since you came on the podcast. She's, she's a very, I, I, I mean, well, this, there's a whole situation specific with what, but I I would love to take you up on that. Um, (laughs) If at some point, if we can figure out a short, there's some short-term issues with what's going on with her. But, um, you know, I've been trying to get her to get exposed to sunlight. You know, she's in her room all day, a lot of times in the darkness. The biggest thing you can, anyone can do to improve their sleep is to entrain their circadian rhythm. Um, that's one of the most actionable things that you can do. And it's not rocket science. You don't need some fancy app, which, you know, even I'll make, but I'm, I'll freely admit, you just need natural sunlight, really. Every human being should get at least an hour of sunlight an hour um, before, before lunchtime every day. And especially now that we're indoors, you know, we're all quarantined, um, it's more important than ever to make sure we entrench this rhythm by giving it this cue of the oldest drug on the planet, which is sunlight which controls the release of melatonin and dictates when you should be alert and when you should be asleep. And so the more we entrench this rhythm, um, the better your sleep quality is. And that's, that's an easy win right there. And I could tell, I could talk about that, how to entrench the rhythm for a while, but curious. Now I have a question personally, not like super, but I, we both have this in common. I have an 85 year old Nana who lives above us and I talk about her a lot. Um, and recently she's been sleeping too much. Like I think is, is that a thing like where you don't get out of bed for, you know, 24 hours and she thinks it's normal. She's totally happy. We talked to her and she's like, I'm ha- I'm just so comfy. Like she just wants to sleep and it's like, <laughs> okay, but so, like you need to get some, you need to like eat and take your meds and like, yeah. So, yeah. So it's a great question. And I mean, I would love to hear more about it. And by the way, I'm a, I'm not like a medical, obviously, doc. I don't know. Right. But, Disclaimer, um, we know that. We always don't <laughs> offer any medical advice here. We're just shooting the shit. But yeah, exactly. She just wants free. She just wants free services. That's what she's trying to get out of this. <laughs> but we have something talk, in common. There. So we can do a little tit for tat here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I talk to my mentor about like, this is something that comes up all the time in, in the media and you know how much sleep do i need and this is one of those things again where the media just has a really hard time articulating the answer because it's very individualistic and the media is always trying to give some kind of pithy headline like you know i actually have an art i have an article that went viral called eight and a half is the new eight um hours of sleep um, and it's um, hours course. of sleep. I love that. <laughs> oh, oh, not, not length of not. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're the one that thought I didn't even think of that angle. And okay, great. I see where you're headed. Okay. Yeah. That's um, where our head's always at. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
Um, <laughs> We're making Dan just like literally lose his shit over here. He like cannot. He wrote an article that was really popular. Eight and a half is the new eight inches. We get it. What what is it? Oh my god. He's like the super professional. Like, Listen, I'm guy. a Jew, so I don't have close to that problem. But um. <laughs> Not overgeneralizing here at all, guys. <laughs> not, not to exactly, not to overgeneralize. All but, right, talk um, about your article, Dan. Sorry to make you so, just like totally. You know, your dimples are showing. You're like so cute with your Jufro oh curly hair. <laughs> I know. All right. Wow, this is a great interview for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know there. In the article I was trying to express that everyone's a little bit different. And in order to get eight, you usually need to spend around eight and a half hours in bed. Because if you're spending 100% of the time in bed asleep, mm-hmm. you're probably sleep depriving yourself. Actually, yeah. that, that's, that's a sign that if you go to bed really quick, fall asleep really quick, you might be sleep depriving yourself. But sorry, this is a really long-winded answer to get to your grandma. It's okay. Um, so... When we usually think about sleep amount, we think about sleep to effect, meaning you shouldn't be, you should sleep until you're basically not tired anymore. Right. Um, and you shouldn't be tired during the day. But when we give that advice, we exclude situations of like hy- hypothyroid where there's like some underlying pathology. But you got to rule or, out medical first, right? Yeah. Or exactly. Or, or depression. Yeah. And, you know, the, and that's usually the more common issue mm-hmm. um, for why someone is sleeping so much. But I, I would need to. Of course. Um, and really everything, understand. everything's individualized. And, you know, I think that um, a lot of it. And for me, like to go back to me, because I love talking about me. Um, but um, <laughs> like, I definitely find um, my husband and I like to go to bed pretty early at night. Um and we usually go to bed around nine o'clock. He, we wake up at five. And I know myself, if I wake up at five with him after we both had a, you know, our sleep is terrible sometimes. Like we're either up at midnight for a certain amount of time or two in the morning or whatever it may be. But if I get up at five, right, and keep and just start my day, I find that my entire day is a lot more productive and I'm less tired than if I go back to sleep and sleep till like eight or nine. Yeah, so that's because of the circadian rhythm. So it sounds like you've really entrenched yourself to be a morning person. Yeah. So that means you have a time that your body's used to for waking up early. And when you hit that time, you actually have better sleep quality. And that's part of the reason why you're performing the next day. And you're just like in sync with your activities. So also like, you're doing things in the day that are like bringing you out and like alerting you. Um, and in sleep science, we actually call these things, it's called Zeitgebers. So it's basically like environmental cues that tell your body, all right, now it's time to roll. So the biggest one is sunlight, which inhibits melatonin. Another thing is when you exercise. Another thing is when you eat. Um, and obviously, like going to late night socializing, some, sometimes can totally throw this thing off too. So, so those are the main variables that you that you can play with mm-hmm. to try to entrench your rhythm. And the more regular you are in those variables, the more entrenched the rhythm becomes. Which is also why, when sometimes, and it's hard for me to give advice 
because I give very different advice if someone's healthy versus if someone has insomnia. But um, or I like that problem. individualization. We do that in ABA too. Oh my god, isn't that funny? We individualize programs for every person. You I gotta that? learn more about this ABA thing. Have you ever heard of Skinner? Have you ever heard of? I mean, I've heard of Skinner, Skinner. but I haven't like revisited the modern take on all. Well, get with it and come to the podcast call. Yeah, come to our class. We teach it twice a week. I'll give you free access. Not to mention, there's a podcast called Behavior Bitches. They're on episode (laughs) forty-two. You could tune in and learn all about behavior along the way. (laughs) But I mean, this is super cool because you know. This is science as applied in a different sense, obviously. And I mean, even with a lot of clientele that we work with, individuals with autism, sleep is a huge issue that a lot of families have. Um, You know, we we see a huge difference in behaviors with the individuals we work with as sleep being a confounding variable often or something that we need to consider because, you know, we're using a certain intervention. But if someone hasn't slept at night, that is going to have an effect on their behavior the next day as well, which is super interesting. But I just wanted to take this to another behavioral angle and talk about what can we actually do? I know a lot of people right now, especially we have this platform, people are reaching out like I have not slept in forever. I'm so freaked out what's going on in the world. What are actual and I know that you had brought this up and it also this is when hashtag stimulus control, he said that word without me even talking about it, which is huge in our field that you had spoken about. What are some actual things that behaviorally one could do to increase the quality or the number of, if I don't know if, if number of hours correlates to quality, I would think that's probably like a different measure, right? Well, um, first and foremost is number of hours. And then once you're getting the hours, we can talk about quality. But I'll, I'll give you three, the three main things in my mind right now, especially in light of coronavirus mayhem is entrench your circadian rhythm with regular times of wake time, uptime, sunlight exposure every day. You can also get like a happy lamp, like a 10,000 lux lamp if you're inside that can s- simulate the sun. I use Verilux, but there's a, any one, that's a good one too. Um, I just and, showed him a, a Himalayan salt lamp that I have that oh, I've, I've never actually... About- I've never I've plugged in, that. but it sits here unplugged. <laughs> it's so it's so like not it's like look at not plugged in. <laughs> so I like I like like simple I like simple solutions sometimes like an analog. That's parsimonious switch. guys or most pragmatic yeah. solution. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's so you can just get like a ten thousand lux lamp. I do more complicated things like our software integrates with like LifeX bulbs that control red light at night. So you get less blue light at night. All these things, when I think about them, are ways that I'm trying to entrench my circadian rhythm. Um, I also partake in intermittent fasting and I, um, I, I accept the fact that I'm a night owl um, and I shift my meals accordingly accepting that fact that that I'm just the type of person that um, is a night owl. So a lot of this really is knowing what you are, what what kind of sleep you need, um, listening to your body, being in touch with your body. And the crazy thing about how complicated this is, is I can't even tell you that, you know, I know that I need around eight hours of sleep a night, but if I'm a little bit feeling a little bit sick, 
or if I had a big workout after not working out for a while, I'll need more sleep that the next that next day. Um, which points to the fact that not only are there individual differences, there's also intra-individual differences, which is meaning that from day to day, um, it could shift within me. So you really have to listen to your body. Is this an experimental design, Casey? I or, feel like it might be. I, I, isn't, aren't we intersubject? And he's talking about intra, like as ABA, we use intersubject. We use single design. subject. No, single subject. Oh no, you're right. Okay, no, we use definitely single subject. <laughs> then, which you, I think, everyone serves as their own control. It's not like a psychology oh, yeah. where it's group comparison. Yeah, you yeah. might but understand that. Group comparisons. That's what I mean. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. You're you're on track. Not same yeah. thing. We're we're doing single different, subject. You're we doing are. a different thing, but you're on track. Yeah. Okay. Just All trying right, so to relate to entrench, our listeners. Entrencher psych. Cycardian? Am I saying that right? Circadian. 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 None of us can yeah. speak today, guys. Circadian <laughs> rhythm um, by doing these different things. So question real quick, shooting to you before we get on to two and three or whatever. Going to bed at night, like I have been into a habit of, which I've actually now lost that habit because it was not working for me. So you probably will say the same thing. Watching Netflix with my oh, AirPods yeah. no in. Good. No and good, I'll no watch good. like Grey's Anatomy and it's like, I see myself get heightened. Very activating too. So I, as like, I have to be like super on it. So this is, so like my, my attention is very important to me because I run a company and I mean, you guys do too. So that bedtime ritual, um, and this is something that we focus on a lot with our software is a super important practice. And when we fill it up with all of this external stimulation from TV that sort of calluses off our emotions. I think that you mentioned earlier, you'll pop awake sometimes from like a nightmare and stuff. Yeah, Like, like my husband will be like, Holy shit, Casey. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I think a big component to that is, you know, it's entertaining or what have you, but it's partly entertaining because it's like activating your body's like fight or flight response mode and stuff like this. Yeah. So being able to, that's like my number three is being able to train this relaxation muscle. Um, and, you know, these are simple things you that we can but do. But when you talk about that, I need you to operationally define. Like, what does it mean, train your relaxation muscle? Like, that sounds nice. Does that mean, like, I play a song? Like, what does that mean? Well, like, if you think I mean, about also, I, I think a big thing before Dan, can he can think about this for a second, but, like, I've listened to a few podcasts about, like, training your brain. Like, for, think about, like, mental illness or uh, anxiety or depression. Like, no one really treats their brain as the organ that can be trained. Mm. They treat it as like, oh, I have this issue or whatever it may be. But mm. there's things you can do just like you could, you know, eat better for your heart, exercise more for your heart. What can we do for our brain? Right. And I think that might be, I don't know. I'm just throwing out. No, shit. I, I'm totally with you. I yeah. mean, thinking about it that way is the right way to think about it. I, I agree. And I guess usually how it's done in, so just to take a step back, if you have a sleep, if you have a problem falling asleep, like insomnia, there's a whole sort of different set of solutions. And so the recommended treatment, if you have problems falling asleep and staying asleep is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. One of the biggest things in this is to train your relaxation muscle and how it's, that's operationally defined within this framework of cognitive behavioral therapy is um, 
usually something called progressive muscle relaxation that gets introduced during the day when you are in a less activated state because you don't want to try to tell someone to relax when they're an insomniac and are super activated at the nighttime. So what you would want to do if you were an insomniac would be to sort of build up this muscle of learning to relax. And, you know, I've done hundreds of sleep consultations with people about this, and some of it involves walking them through this because, frankly, I don't have very strong opinions on what relaxes people. Um, you know, I'm like, work, you know, we have a bunch, we, we use 528 hertz sounds. Um, we have ocean, I fall asleep every night to ocean waves. That's kind of my job. My I love job. crackling fire. Um, crackling fire is a, is a, is a classic, classic. Is it but really? Dateline murder never or dateline murder? Or like, I love a dateline murder story. Dateline I murder? A, I don't know. <laughs> no. I use like a yoga nidra app, like an insight sure. timer. Yeah. Yeah. Inside timer is another one, mm -hmm. but, um, but now we're all going to use Sonic, Sonic sleep, which sleep I actually do Sonic have. I can't wait to talk mine, about it. Yeah, bring it out. But, man. Um, tell us, tell oh, us about you. it. Oh, sorry. I don't have to. No, he let him finish the three. He's let him finish the three. He said three. And then you didn't no, say number I mean, two. There's weird stuff. Like maybe it's like ASRM. Like, you know, people have different things that they're going to do. And the main thing is that you build this practice for yourself. You know, maybe it's doing a little bit of yoga, um, and then you start introducing that 20 to 30 minutes before you fall asleep. Because in sleep science, we think that sleep happens a half hour to 20 minutes before sleep. So you need to, everyone, if they want to optimize, should have this practice that they do that's spe special to them and that they practice in order to help them fall asleep, help them let their mind go. And then when they're consolidating during REM, when they're, you know, doing the synaptic homeostasis, um, when they're doing that, it's not so stressful that they're popping awake. Sometimes a lot of times when you're dealing with a lot of stress during the day, that's a causal mechanism in the pop awake at night, mm -hmm. where later on, halfway through the night, you're more likely to have dreaming, uh, you're more likely to dream. So that, that's why a lot of times people that wake up in the middle of the night um, have these stress dreams maybe because of the Netflix you saw about yeah. the end of the world, or you could just look out the window, I guess, nowadays. <laughs> oh, everything God, is real. fine. I know. Everything is fine. Everything is cool, guys. We're we just are gonna cool. We're going to be indoor creatures for a while. And having a positive outlook on this, I really think is super important. You know, it's just a time for us to introvert because, you know, when we are living in fear, it's literally feeding this virus Mm -hmm. And we have to look at the positives of this. You know, I'm taking this as a great opportunity to introspect and really like think about my vision for the future and whatnot. And I think this is going to uh, help make us all a lot stronger at the end of the day. Me too. And also something that I think is really important to remember is, you know, we are not being called like, like, look at it positive. We're not being called to go to war right now. Like, we're being asked to stay in our fucking homes, okay? Like, look at it in that sense. Like, we are not being called to go out and fight. Like, stay in your home, like, is what we're being asked to do. I know it's hard, especially because we live in a world that is, like, I, over the past, like, month and a half, I kept saying, like, I'm like, I am just, like, too overstimulated. Like, my entire job is on social media. Um, 
you know, everything I do is I'm, I'm like waiting for responses. I'm doing this. I'm doing Instagram stories to show people things before I go to bed. I need to play a podcast because I can't calm down. And I, I think what you're saying is, and I, tell me if I'm comparing this right to behavior. And it seems like you're talking about this pairing going on, the simple pairing of, okay, I am pairing nighttime with relaxing things, right? So like, I'm going to exactly. shut off this many times before. So you're pairing, right? Just like Pavlov and paired stim- salivating and food. That's control. Yes. You're, it's, yep. So yes. Exactly. And that's all. Uh, yeah, totally. Yep. So your bed, your bedroom should have that stimulus control. This is where I sleep. Your yes. office should be, this is where I work, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's the other aspect of it is associating your bed with sleep and creating these boundaries because the technology, and I've fought really hard over the last couple of years to separate myself from this godforsaken device. You He's know, holding I, a phone, by the way, guys, <laughs> which is why we need to have a video podcast because we're so uh, incredibly like... What do you call it? Animated. Animated. That yes. it, we need to do a video one. But yes. you know, I have no notif. It sometimes drives people crazy, and in, in the dating world, which I'm in right now. Um, Ooh, he's single, uh, ladies. We have a lot taken, of ladies that listen. <laughs> but um, I don't have notifications on on oh, my phone, so and sometimes sometimes it bothers people. But um, just so to what, evo- re- what evokes your behavior to go check the app? I, I don't have that behavior. I, I look at my phone when I behaviorally want to look at my phone. Woo! Um, Powerful. When you have the MO. So what is your MO? Like you're like, oh, I'm horny right I, now. I'm I mean, I'm a Tinder. workaholic, so I'm looking, looking at it all the, t- all the time anyway. So, I mean, you'll get a 20-minute delay maybe. You know what I mean? But people can live with that. Like, Hashtag latency, me- people. Latency. <laughs> Guys, I don't even know what that's like. If I don't respond to an email in 30 seconds, I freak out. Like customer <laughs> yeah. service-wise. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, really? I need to work on that. Oh, uh, no, I need to get better thing, at setting boundaries is really what I need to do. Oh, yeah, you're too good. I need to get better. But I, I just say, like, to my parents or to my siblings or whatever, when you need me, call me, or my friends, when you need me, call me. If you need Aww. me, call me. That's so good. That, like, really is, like... So I was saying um, my thing about, like, always responding, responding, right, is taking off those apps from my phone. And just having them on my computer only. So if I'm at work, I'm checking those Instagram mm. messages and Facebook messages only on my computer. So it's part of my work day versus when I'm at the gym or I'm trying to like disconnect and get some like sunlight outside um, versus doing it 24 hours a day. And I wake up at 4 a.m. and I see notifications from people that have, may have texted me at 10 p.m. because I go to bed at 9 that I respond to at 4 a.m. And it's so bad. It's such a bad cycle. I feel like you might want to try to not have Lock the your phone, phone in the bedroom. I mean, we, we, I always, and, and our, our system measures sound in the room and plays these sounds to try to relax you and block out noises. But what I always say is have it at least 10 feet away from you so you're not rolling over and grabbing it. Um, yep. Well, that's like that's an antecedent strategy, people. That's an antecedent strategy. You are manipulating the environment to increase the likelihood that you sleep. (laughs) Mine's just in bed with me, right? I like this language. Yeah, this is all language. This is exactly what we do all day. So let's go full circle because I am the one on Adderall here, and I remembered that you said there was a number two. What is number two, Dan? Well, another thing about the Adderall is, you know, that can throw things off a little bit too. Oh yeah. um, no shit. Um, <laughs> number two is just getting the sleep you need. And it relates to Adderall because so- sometimes 
when you're um, on a stimulant like coffee, it, it makes it so it's hard to fall asleep um, or Adderall. And so, you know, the, the main, the, the other main thing is just sleep to effect, get the sleep you need, which we, we kind of went over before. Um, so, so those are the three main things and train your circadian sleep to effect and help yourself or build this relaxation muscle. I love it. That's beautiful. And what do you, if someone wakes up in the middle of the night, should they stay in their bed? I hear different things about this. Like if you're up in your bed, should you sit, like, what should you do? Do you get on so, your phone? So that's part of the stimulus control is after t- uh, 20 minutes or more, you're supposed to disassociate from the environment. There's a couple things that they suggest, but just to, doing the behavior is better than not doing the behavior. Um, the best thing you could do is do your meditation practice that you've learned, you know, do the progressive muscle relaxation on your couch, maybe in like a dimly lit, lit room. Um, you know, I, I have my setup so I can turn everything red, which is sort of a relaxing environment for me. Um, and sometimes I'll like lay on my couch and meditate for a little while. Reading a book is actually probably the best thing you can do. Uh, especially one that's not stimulating because it's driving like that muscle of your mind. So it's like sort of tiring you out in a way. Um, and it's disassociating from, from that environment, but hashtag unpairing unpairing. Okay. Um, for me, you know, I'll have to admit when I was less disciplined, I'd even get up and like eat a little something and then go back to bed. But that, that's not necessarily recommended. But sometimes that that could work too. I'm a major. I'm I'm a major sleep eater. Like it's almost as if I'm like stoned or drunk. It's like I'll eat in the night, but I'm also on sleeping meds, so I'll eat in the night, and it's like I just don't give a shit. Like I'm not that's counting not calories. Best, again, that's not the best thing to do. Because it's giving your body that circadian rhythm cue. It's like, oh, your body's like, oh, we have energy. Let's rock and roll. Um, And so that's, again, has to go back to the circadian rhythm where it throws off the whole thing. So you have to sort of think about all these things. And then once you nail those three things, then we can start thinking about sleep, uh, sleep optimization and improving your sleep quality too. This is super interesting. So what... Dan has said he's provided us with antecedent strategies that we could do beforehand. We could pair our room and to have that stimulus control. This is a place I sleep. Okay. This is not a place I play on my phone. This is not a place I watch Dateline murder mysteries. This is where I sleep. That's number one is what I'm taking away from this. He also said that, um, it seems like another consequent strategy is if you are sleeping and you are not sleeping, what you can do as a consequence is you could remove yourself from the environment. That's something that you could do after if you're not able to engage in this behavior, right? So there's things you could do beforehand. There's things you could do after. Um, so this is extremely behavioral because sleep is something someone does, right? And all living organisms do, I would assume. Is it all living organisms? or all, Every organism on the planet sleeps in some way or another. How, can you tell me how cats sleep? <laughs> well, they don't have, they, they, they don't have, they, they do cat naps. You know, they don't have a, uh, they a don't, biphasic, yeah. humans have biphasic sleep where oh, okay. you sleep, you know, there's, it's divided into, you know, awake asleep too. But uh, cats don't have that. That's why. Are they I, all night? 
they're not they're uh, nocturnal that's that's why cats in particular uh like can sometimes be one of the causal mechanisms for disrupting sleep oh my god i mean seriously i have like, two and they wake us up my husband they and bat get, you in the yes. face and sometimes they, they claw at the under bed thing and i would love to explore this with you guys Wow. Dealing with the pets in the room can really be um, – there's some bang for your buck there. If you can All actually right. figure out how to deal with that cat being a nocturnal creature. And so that's our next podcast it. with you because – No, you need, you need an animal whisperer. No, we need <laughs> – like no, but like seriously, like so sometimes what I've been doing lately is we, my husband's alarm goes off at 5.30, but at 4.30, my – natural wake up right i wake up i have to pee or whatever and i'm up and i'm wide awake um i've been feeding them early at 4 30 versus him at 5 30 because it's then they stop oh do not annoying do us but I, he goes oh, you're reinforcing their behavior reinforcing it. yes ah, i know we're the worst that's bcbas are the worst ones to I, 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 I have own. a solution for you okay what um they Put have it on these, extinction like, what Put it on extinction. Don't reinforce it. He doesn't even know what that means. (laughs) Oh, put it on extinction. Oh, well, I think there's that. But I'm always looking for, like, cool techie solutions to solve the problem. Yeah. Like, what if you had, like, an automatic um, food dispenser? Well, they eat wet food, too. That's the issue here, is the dry food's out there all the time. So they want the wet food, automatic wet food dispenser dispenser at a certain time. (laughs) Yes, there you go, Dan. (laughs) Hit it and do it quickly so my husband doesn't kill me or the cats. That would be great. <laughs> That's a whole nother one. I like that, though. I'm sure. Yeah, that- we definitely should because we could talk about it. Like for me, actually, like having two Frenchies who's like breathing is so loud. I love it. It's like so relaxing to me. It's like. <sighs> that, would, that would drive me psycho. I know this sounds a little bit silly, but this really points to like the broader issue here, which is that everyone has such a unique behavior and sleep pattern and i think it's up to each one of us to really look internally and figure out those things that you can do tonight that are going to improve your sleep quality this sounds like a component analysis you could individualize those different things you're doing take out if you're using a sleep app you're using your frenchie to snore and you're using melatonin you might want to do a component analysis, one of our important aspects that we talked about in science, and see which of these parts of the treatment package is working. This is very cool to do. I will say I've tried to shut the door, which seems like a very pragmatic solution, but they just paw under the door, so it's even more annoying than leaving the door open. But a whole other situation. Dan, this was such a cool (laughs) conversation to have with you. You are awesome. Um, I'm so happy that you and Liat at some point um, co- courted each other really <laughs> happy to bring Definitely. up this so mm-hmm. happy that we had you on here and hopefully we can do another episode on um maybe controlling pets in nighttime and more on sleep because i also want to know i mean I, we have a list of questions here we actually i never even looked at my outline that's how natural this conversation just flowed um so that's really cool with a ton more questions to ask you later um but thank you so much for taking the time during this crazy time that we're living in and stuff you've been going on going through personally um and coming on and making this time to um, share this with our listeners i think they're really going to appreciate it my pleasure thanks for getting the word out here yeah so 
for next week's ex-boyfriend, we'll be bringing on someone who works in the <laughs> job industry, helping people find jobs. No, I'm just joking. My ex-boyfriends <laughs> are like pieces of shit. They're like doing nothing with their lives. Okay. <laughs> it's because I Casey. left them. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I'm just here. Like, I, I just want him to know what he missed. You know, I came on here. I put on a full face of makeup. Like She's wearing a tank top, her arms are showing. I'm like, it's winter, I mean, bitch. Why are you wearing that outfit? No, it's hot as shit here. It's hot as shit here. And not much has changed. I'm just a behavior bitch now. And three fingertips fell off. <laughs> Same shit. Different day. Love I'm it. Funny as you fuck look still. Great. You look amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It is so great having you here. Thank you so much. Guys, stay safe. Stay inside. We're here with you. You still have us to listen to. You could still leave reviews. That's the good news that's going on in the world. We got to look at the positive. Also, if you're a Patreon, I did share the Behavior Bitches Book Club video from February. We talked all about The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris. Um, acceptance commitment therapy. We broke it down. Um, it is a cool, badass, almost two hour video. Um, and I think right now we can do a lot of acceptance commitment therapy techniques while we're trying to deal with our anxiety and stresses of everything that we're going through. So if you're a Patreon member, go into Patreon and watch the book club. Woo! As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. You know where to find us Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast and on our website, BehaviorBitches.com. Tell all your friends, duh. As always, love you. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat here, and I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started. And I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done. And that is what I'm gonna tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcast. Thank God we got in touch with the team at Pretty Easy Podcast. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in if you're full of F-bombs like myself. Whatever it is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio, audio editing and production and hit our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, he caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah, we are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know we said we're going to have a podcast a week so far. We're out a few days, but hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, we love the sound of our own voices, and we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com. <laughs>